Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. We'll be hearing God's Word this morning from John chapter 3, uh, verses 22 to 36. Um, And as we continue through John, uh, remember that John is showing us the meaning of Jesus' life. This is, if, you, if you're familiar with the Bible, you may know that there are four accounts in, Je- in the Bible of Jesus' life, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if you read them, you'll find a lot of things that are the same. They all tell stories about Jesus. They all have teaching from Jesus. But there's some differences, too, in the way that it's presented. Matthew, Mark, and Luke focus much more on the, the miracles and the action and some of the, the parables that Jesus taught in, um, whereas John feels much more like he has stepped back. John, the beloved disciple of Jesus, has stepped back and reflected on Jesus' life to show us what it means that Jesus came. And in particular, he's showing us what it means for God himself to no down good. to earth. That's where John started in chapter 1. The famous passage from from John chapter 1 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he's continuing to show us what that means. So as you listen to these words from John chapter 3, verses 22 to 36, what does this mean that God himself has come down, that heaven has come to earth? John chapter 3, verse 22. After this, this is after the conversation with Nicodemus. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Aenon near Salim, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the okay, bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. Leave the meat. Just leave the meat. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of earth speaks of, uh, belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God sent utters the word, God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that was given through your servant John so long ago and preserved for us today. We pray that you would take this word and sink it deep into our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit, that it may not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our lives. 
changing the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now you may, you may be wondering, if you're, if you're younger and looking to fill out your kid's worship guide, you may be particularly wondering, but even if you're not, you may be wondering, uh, as I've said, a pattern, whether I, have, whether I have any props with me this morning. And it turns out, it turns out that I do. I have a hat. This hat is a Bush Gardens hat. Um, I'm sure video because I love sure Bush Gardens. I know some of you love Bush Gardens as well. Uh, Bush Gardens, the amusement park in Williamsburg. And in fact, last week, last Saturday night, uh, fairly late at night, um, I was on a roller coaster at Bush Gardens. I was on Apollo's chariot. And it was late at night. It was a cool fall evening. And me and my oldest three sons were on Apollo's chariot just flying. Now, if you've never ridden Apollo's chariot, you, you really are missing out. And you may think, I hate roller coasters, but you should give it a try. It is, it is high and fast, I don't deny that. But at the same time, Apollo's Chariot is a wonderfully smooth roller coaster. It's not jerky, it doesn't throw you around. You really do feel like you are flying. And to ride it at night, is just, it's an amazing feeling. You've taken off, you are soaring through the air. And this is, this is the feeling, when we think of heaven, we think of the life of heaven, oftentimes we think it should feel like that should feel like you are soaring through it. In fact, think about the name of this particular roller coaster. It is Apollo's chariot, calling forth a Greek god, calling us to soar through heaven. But you know what else is true of Apollo's chariot? It doesn't last for very long. Very soon, you've, you've soared, you've gone down the big hill, you've gone up and down, and you feel like you're flying, and then you come to an end. And if you want that experience again, you have to go wait in line, probably for a long time. So this is, this is the, the, the reality that we experience on earth, that we would like to soar through life with the very life of heaven in us. But instead, our main problem is that we are stuck here on earth. And what we see here in John chapter 3 is the contrast between the heavenly life and the earthly life. And we see that Jesus himself is the one that brings the life of heaven. That's the main thing here, is that Jesus is bringing the life of heaven to earth. He's bringing the life of heaven for us to take hold of. We see that the setting, the situation is that there's a dispute. And it's not at all clear how this progresses. Verse 25, there's a discussion between some of John, that's John the Baptist, John's disciples, and a Jew, a Jewish leader of some kind, over purification. That never really seems to get resolved. Instead, they come to John and they're like, hey, John, they say, the one who was with you across the Jordan, that's Jesus, he's baptizing all are going to him. What they're saying under that is like, hey, John, you're a popular guy. You're a famous preacher, but everybody's going over there. Like, are you, are you concerned about this, John? What they're saying, they're, they're appealing, they're understandably appealing to the earthly life. The earthly life that says, I, I've got to be the best. I've got to have people pay attention to me. I can't have anybody come in here and rain on my parade. And yeah, I tried to help this guy out. And now look, everybody's going to him. And John will have none of it. Instead, John says, a person cannot I have to hold receive even one otherwise. thing unless it is given. I have to hold it correctly, otherwise turns. John realizes where his words have come from. <laughs> he realizes where Jesus has come from. And he gives this beautiful statement yeah, about what his role was to be. Yeah. says, I must increase, 
I must decrease and he must increase. That John came as the friend of the bridegroom, the best man at the wedding. But the best man is not the star of the show. The best man is there to prepare the way, to bring in the groom, and to, but then to step aside as the groom and the bride are joined together. And John says, hey, earthly life says it's all about me. He says, I should look out for myself. I should be concerned what people think about me. But I am looking instead to the life of heaven that Jesus has brought down. And now that Jesus has arrived, I'm going to step aside and let people focus on him. We see it again in verse 31. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from a heaven is above all. And John says, look, I'm, I'm earthly. You guys are earthly. And earthly here, you know, earth, God made the earth and everything in it. That's good. That's not really the earthly that we're talking about here. The earthly here is earthly as it's opposed to God, as we are sinful and focused on ourselves. And John says, look, this discussion of who's most important and who people are following it's an earthly discussion about who gets the credit. The life of heaven is here. Look at the life that has come down from heaven. And John says, I'm going to step aside. I'm going to step out of this earthly thinking and let you all focus on the life of heaven that has come down. And so this is, that's the call to us this morning as well, to think where are we getting trapped in earthly thinking, in our own selfish desires, in our own need for recognition, in our own pride, in our own greed? Where are we trapped in a long line? What is it gonna take to, for us to soar again with the very life of heaven in us? And so the, the answer here, of course, is we must believe in Jesus. That's what verse 36 says. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. If Jesus is the one who brings the life of heaven, we have to believe in him. That's the main thing we've got to do. We have to believe in Jesus, not in every or in any earthly leader, even a good man like John the Baptist. The earthly leaders all step aside and let the life of heaven shine through for us to believe in. So what does this life of heaven look like? We can see now three, briefly, three things, uh, three aspects of this life of heaven that Jesus brings. What does he bring to us? And I managed, I got you three Ps this week. You can remember them. The three aspects of the life of heaven is that Jesus brings perspective, Jesus brings power, and Jesus brings peace. So the first is that Jesus brings perspective. And that's what we see, again, this perspective that I, that I already really read on of, of John saying the perspective is the difference between earthly life and heavenly life. The difference of importance. What is our true role? See, John realized his role. His role was simply to point to Jesus. And he was able to step aside. And so he, John says, even though he, he, he's, he's on the earth, he is not the life from heaven, but he realizes that the good things he has received have come from heaven. He has a little taste of what this is like, having given it by God. So he is able to have that perspective and say, no, no, this is all about Jesus not about me. And so Jesus brings us perspective against our earthly life of pride and jealousy and selfishness. The perspective of who God is and what our true role is in this world. 
when we set things in those perspective and see what's really important, we can let go of some of the things that sometimes seem so important to us. There's a, there's a great uh, video clip. Uh, if, you, if you're familiar with the, the musical, The Greatest Showman, it's a shame that Suzanne is over in kids' time because this would be for her. It's one of her favorite musicals, The Greatest Showman with Hugh Jackman. But there's this great clip you can find out there on YouTube or wherever of the pitch for The Greatest Showman where they had arranged for uh, all the producers to come and see it and the, the director had flown in Hugh Jackman to sing for all these people and kind of give them the scene of what, what this is going to look like. Well, it turns out that, uh, that Hugh Jackman had some kind of surgery on his nose and he couldn't, he couldn't actually sing. And so the producer's like, what? The director's like, what are we, how, how am I going to pitch this if you can't even sing? So, well, I'll come stand there. We'll just have my, my backup can sing. And I'll just stand there and kind of let them see what it's going to be like. So then there's this clip of the, the rehearsal. And there's this, this little guy singing, trying to be like Hugh Jackman. And Hugh's over here. And the, they start singing the song from now on. And as they get into it, <laughs> Hugh can't help himself. And he just, he just starts going at it, and he starts belting out from now on. And the room just goes crazy. The choir's there, and they're going. But if you look at the guy who had been singing, it's beautiful, because he just steps aside and hands it right over to the star of the show. I mean, he was having fun, right, himself, trying to stand in there, show off, do his thing. But when Hugh Jackman, the star, starts singing, he's like, nope, this one's, this one's on you. He has perspective. And that's what we need in our life, to step back and say, okay, where do I need more perspective? Where am I taking myself too seriously? Think about what, what am I really doing here? If our purpose here is simply to be obedient to God, to love Him and love others, it is very easy to take ourselves too seriously, to get too wrapped up in the things that I care about. Have I done this? Have I done that? Have I succeeded? Have I failed? And so our perspective means to step back and say, you know what? Whether or not I get the credit here, God is at work. That doesn't matter. Whether or not I have succeeded or failed, I know that God loves me. He came down from heaven to show his love for me. So I don't have to get all wrapped up in all these things. I can let God do this. So for each of us this morning, where has our perspective gotten out of whack? Where have we got, gotten too caught up in the things of this earth? The things that the world tells us are important. I have to care about this or that. This for my children, this for my family, this for myself. I have to be outraged about this issue or that issue. I have to be afraid of this or that thing that might happen. And Jesus comes and says, let me bring the life of heaven, the heavenly perspective to see what is really important, how God is really at work in the world. So Jesus brings the life of heaven. It brings perspective. The second thing we see here is that Jesus brings power. We see this in verse, uh, verse 34. It's talked about Jesus is bearing witness. He's bringing this life of heaven, bearing witness of heaven come to earth, what is really true about God. Verse 34 says, For he whom God has sent, that's Jesus, utter the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. Now this is a, uh, John has given us here a beautifully ambiguous verse. If you're reading this and saying, who, who, who gives the Spirit to whom? I'm right there with you. I was trying to figure this out this week. I even texted Brandon to ask him, and he said, nope, can't tell you. It's a toss-up. We don't actually know for sure what, what John meant 
whether he's saying, for he, God, gives the, the Father, gives the Spirit to Jesus without measure, or whether Jesus, he, gives the Spirit to his people without measure. But either way, here's the point. When the Spirit comes, and especially when the Spirit comes without measure, what does that mean? Without measure, like measure, you measure something out precisely. And what Jesus is saying here is, no, 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 the Spirit is coming overflowing. The cup, the measuring cup, we're not just pouring a half cup of the Spirit or a whole cup of the Spirit. We're just overflowing the cup with the Spirit. And that comes first to Jesus and then is poured out to his people. And what does it mean when the Spirit comes? It means power. The life of heaven is a life of power. Power to do what? Power to understand. Power to believe what God has said. See, what, what is the Spirit connected to here? It's connected to the words of God. Jesus brought the words of God, but it's, Jesus said a lot of words. There's a lot of words written down in the Bible, a lot of words from Jesus, a lot of words from the prophets, a lot of words from the apostles, and they can just come at us like so much words. But what do we need to understand? We need power to understand. We need the Spirit. The power to understand the words of Jesus. The power to actually believe. And the power to change. We want that life of heaven. We want to soar through the night. We're stuck in the line. How does that, pow how does that change? It changes with the power of the Holy Spirit. You can be different. You might think of yourself as the person, as an angry person or a selfish person, a person who is easily offended, a person who can't do very much. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. The Spirit has come without measure, that you do not just have to change a little bit, not just better on one day, but you can start to be better on all the days. And it's always going to be a process. That's how God works. We don't see that change instantly. But we know that the Spirit is working in all those who follow Jesus to change us. He changes our hardness of heart to be soft, to be able to receive grace and forgiveness, to forgive other people, to act in self-giving love rather than selfish self-focus. Because the Spirit brings power into our lives, power to believe, power to change, power to understand. So Jesus brings perspective, Jesus brings power, and finally, Jesus brings peace. And I say, peace, this is not like, <laughs> this is not like the happy peace. Oh, I have a calm and happy, a happy, peaceful feeling. This is peace as opposed to war. Because there is a, a slightly challenging and disturbing, it's actually a very challenging and disturbing statement at, here at the end, verse 36. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. See, John makes no bones about the fact that the wrath of God is poured out on the world. Why? Because the world is disobedient. The world is an evil place. Yes, there are wonderful, good things in the world, but we don't have to look far in this world to see that there are things that are evil. And it would not be a fair world. It would not be a fair God if we just let all the evil go and said nothing about it. We know this. This is why we cry out for justice. This is why we want just courts. We want those who do wrong to be punished because we know that there must be justice. There must be punishment for evil. Otherwise, it's just wrong. 
It's just evil. And so God has poured out his wrath on sin. The problem is, when we're honest, we know that we are all sinful. We may not all have murdered someone. We may not all have committed adultery. We may not all have told big lies and covered up a lot of things, but most of us have told little lies and covered up some things. We may not have literally physically murdered somebody, but when Jesus says that anybody who is angry with his brother has murdered him in his heart, yeah, okay, I've been, I've been angry. I've said unkind words. I have looked on other people with lustful thoughts. I've committed adultery in my heart. Say, I am guilty. I am now, so well, if I am guilty, then I am at war with God. And that is not what we want. But the life of heaven that comes down is that Jesus brings peace. Peace against our disobedience, against our sin. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. The life of heaven, the life of peace with God. But God has forgiven us of our sins. And when we know that our sins are forgiven, that makes so much the difference to know that our sins have been forgiven. That's why the forgiveness of sins, the confession and forgiveness of sins is such a central part of all of our worship as Christians. Because once we know that our sins have been forgiven and we have peace with God, we can have peace with other people. We can offer forgiveness to other people knowing that we have been forgiven. We can step away from our shame and guilt. We can step away from defending ourselves and justifying ourselves and blaming other people because we've been forgiven. We need the peace that Jesus brings. So this morning when you think, I have done wrong, I have disobeyed God, I have hurt other people, know that if you have put your faith in Jesus, your sins are forgiven. That is good news, as we say every morning. Jesus brings peace. Does the life of heaven come down? So when you think about my hat up here, and you think about bush gardens, and you think about the ride of the roller coaster that you want, but you feel like you're stuck in line, you feel like the lines are so long that you will never get there, know that Jesus has brought that life of heaven to earth, not in some counterfeit God like Apollo, not in some cheap thrill like a roller coaster for one or two minutes, but a lifelong, eternal life of perspective of who God really is, of power, the spirit at work in our lives, of peace, of God's wrath, no longer against us, for it was poured out on Jesus himself. We can have that life of heaven in us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We pray that you would make this life of heaven a reality for us each and every day this week and in the weeks to come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.